and welcome to another edition of the Browse McDowell Healthcare Group Checkup Podcast. I'm your host and moderator, Joe Bucaro. I'm here today with a partner here at Browse McDowell, Ryan Williams, who you've heard from before. Um, we're going to be talking about the ACO final rule released by CMS uh, in December. Um, a proposed rule um, was given out uh, in August of 2018. Um, CMS accepted uh, thousands and thousands of comments on the rule. And they, fi- and they came out with the final rule uh, on December 18th of 2018. Um, this is a major redesign of the ACO program, um, and we want to talk through uh, some of the highlights of the final rule. So, Ryan, welcome to the uh, podcast. Thanks, Joe. Uh, it's good to be here, uh, and it's a very exciting topic. Um, like you said, this is a huge redesign of the program that started, I think, in 2012, uh, has not been subject to a major overhaul or redesign since. So the the industry is certainly a buzz. Uh, I don't know uh, a good buzz or a bad buzz. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. I, I think it's I think it's a, a welcome uh, redesign, if you would. That's what CMS is calling it of the program. So let's dig right in in kind of like the highlights, if you would, uh, the cliff notes of the final rule. Um, so. Prior to the redesign, ACOs participated in what they call specific tracks, and there were no magic to the tracks, track one, track two, track three. Later, I think in 2016, 2017, through the innovations model, uh, they implemented what they called a track one plus, which is uh, was a way for them to, CMS, to encourage more participation in the two-sided model, which was the downside risk. Uh, track one was simply a one-sided model, uh, no downside risk. Track two, well, track one plus was a downside risk model. Track two was a downside risk model, and track three obviously was a downside risk model. So what they're what CMS is going to in this um, pathways for success redesign is they they're really trying to encourage participation on the downside risk model. Um, so the number one feature that you're going to see here is that you can only stay in the one-sided model, in other words, not take downside risk for a very limited amount of time. Uh, You're not going to be able to continue to renew agreement periods or a cycle or performance periods in in that same one-sided model. So what they did is they they essentially did away with all of the tracks except for track three. They renamed track three and enhanced the enhanced track. Track three, uh, uh, the prior track three and the enhanced track today look almost identical, a little bit of tweaks around the edges, uh, but essentially the enhanced model, the enhanced track is the highest performing uh, ACOs. They, they, sh- they take the most downside risk, and on the flip side, they share in uh, the most reward on the upside as well. So the major change beca- came with this, what they call the glide path. Uh, and that is in their, what they call the basic track now. Um, the basic track has five levels, A, B, C, D, and E. Uh, a being the most basic level, E being the most advanced level. Um, and the, the tracks, as the, as the name of the final rule suggests, it's a, it's a pathway, it's a glide path to go from low risk models into a more uh, robust, full risk model. Um, so what you will find is on the lower end side, the track, the performance years A and B is what they, they the CMS labels them. Uh, at that level, there is no downside risk. So ACOs will be able to slot in at those levels if they qualify and participate 
it at those levels for a limited period of time uh, and not have to take downside risk. Mm -hmm. However, depending on uh, numerous factors that you know, we won't bore you here, your CMS is going to push the ACO along the pathway to more downside risk. So, th so an ACO will spend some time in, in track A or you know, performance year A, um, performance period A, they'll move into performance period B, they'll move into performance period C, they'll move into performance period D, and then and so on and so forth. Um, until hopefully CMS's intent is for all of the ACOs after a limited period of time uh, will tr transition to the enhanced mm -hmm. track and, and be the most robust and take the most downside risk. So, so I was gonna say, yeah, Ryan, looking at, so someone who knows the, the old rule really well, but is kind of trying to familiarize themselves with this new rule. When you say push along the track, you know, I mean, you know, the old track one, I guess, is kind of the starting point. Is that is that correct? correct? Yeah. Absolutely. So Most, I think, I, I think CMS came out with, um, I, I, I'm going to, I'd have to go back and get the actual note, but a, a vast majority, 80, 90 percent of the ACOs now uh, participate, even currently participate in a track one uh, capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, very few have elected to either slot in at a higher track or transition throughout the, the, the performance period into a more downside risk. And that is, that's truly the goal of the new uh, rule. Of the new rule. If, mm -hmm. you, if you look at this in that level, CMS is really pushing ACOs to move into a full risk downsided model. So do you know, uh, you know, I guess more specifically the, the time periods that where ACOs are going to be able to spend in these different tracks as opposed to how the old rule to the new rule, you know, what are kind of the time frames? Sure, like? sure. That's a great, that's a good, good point, Joe. Um, so the old rule had agreement period. So the agreement between the ACO and CMS of three years. Um, the agreement periods now are being bumped to five years. Um, and then each one of those kind of tracks within the basic level, so the A, the, the, the alpha tracks within, the alpha designators within that basic track, they're on a performance year basis, and that's usually a calendar year, January 1 to December 31st. And those, tr so you have five alpha tracks, mm -hmm. A, B, C, D, D, corresponds to a five-year agreement period. Yeah. So the intent is for the ACO to spend one uh, one performance year, one calendar year in each one of those tracks. Now, obviously, it's not always going to work like that, and there's mm. going to be exceptions to the general rule. Uh, but that's that's the intent. That's what a, that's what CMS wants mm. to have happen. That's the ideal okay. glide path, if you would. Right. Yeah. So I guess, uh, sort of, as we transition to talk about some other parts of the rule, obviously we can't hit everything because this is a, a massive rule, and we can't you know discuss sure, every sure. every intricacy and but every. But before we move on, I, I wanted mean, to just well, sure. wanted to just comment on a lot of people will have been calling us um, who are either in ACOs now, who are looking to reapply and to move into the redesigned model under a new five-year agreement period, and then there's. Uh, ACOs and in, in this situation maybe even ACO participants or providers and suppliers that are calling us and and asking how in the world do you know where you're going to be slotted and um, in the proposed rule and, and from the comments and, and in the final rule CMS makes very clear the, the criteria that CMS is going to use for 
de designating where your ACO would slot in to this kind of pathway. Um, and for our purposes, just know that the two, the two main criteria are, are a revenue criteria, meaning you know, they're going to look at your assigned beneficiary population and they're going to you know, take a look and see if you're a low revenue ACO or a high revenue ACO. Um, the theory being the higher revenue ACO you are, you're probably going to be forced to take more risk sooner. Hmm. Uh, and then the next criteria would be your, the ACO's experience with risk sharing models in, in, in themselves. So if, you're a, if you have experience with risk, meaning like if you're coming in as a track one plus or a track two ACO, the chances are CMS is going to kick you into the more advanced enhanced, if you would, track. Mm -hmm. uh, so those are the two factors on where you would slot mm -hmm. in into the glide path. Revenue and experience in risk sharing models. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, practically, as we as this be, you know, becomes reality, we start this rule starts becoming applying. To sure, the, sure. To, yeah, I mean, the there's, it, so. and there's there's clearly defined thresholds in the rule. Um, you know, we, we could talk hours on what those are, but mm -hmm. uh, there's a ton of other cool things to talk about. And so Let's talk about them. So, Ryan, I know uh, one goal of the new rule is um, deals with beneficiary engagement um, and, and, you know, ways to ensure the beneficiaries are, are you know, uh, aware and using the program. Um, can you talk about some of those, you know, incentive programs that are in the new rule? So, yeah, Joe, the, the one of the first things that sticks out is, um, and this is kind of looked upon um, with caution from the provider community, is the notion of a, of a notice to the beneficiary. Um, essentially to put the beneficiary in the driver's seat, if you would, as the CMS calls it, uh, of their care, whether they can elect to participate in the ACO or not, stuff like that. Um, so that notice, thankfully, CMS is going to design the notice for the ACO, so it's going to be a canned notice. But, that, but each of the ACO participants will be required to give that notice to their beneficiaries. The goal, again, is to try to educate the beneficiary to be more engaged in their health care. Uh, and then to really drive that home, um, the final rule includes an incentive program um, where the ACO can actually give in-kind and you know, money, if you would, uh, under qualifying conditions to their, to their participants to engage in activities that are specifically designed to enhance uh, and promote the, their health care and the quality of their care. So that's a pretty cool, um, it's a pretty cool and novel idea, I think. Uh, and it's, it shows that uh, CMS is looking for ways to ensure that, that ACOs are put in the best possible position to succeed. Okay. That's, uh, that's interesting information. And I guess just in a, you know, practically how will that be applied? Uh, you know, these, these payments are, are you know, providers going to be handing out cash to, to patients or how, how might that actually work? So, so they, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, there's a, there's a threat, there's a monetary threshold. Uh, they talk about a voucher system, gift cards. Um, the, the hook is, is that whatever you offer them has to be related to their medical care, okay. uh, which is not going to be, I don't look at that as a high threshold to get around. Um, to me, I think the the bigger question will be on a on an ACO side. How are 
how's an ACO going to, to fund that? Are they going to obviously defer uh, shared savings payments to promote beneficiary incentive programs? Uh, are they going to require uh, you know, maybe an offset for fee-for-service revenue from their participants to, to, in order to fund that? To me, that's, a, that's, a, that's probably the more critical question. And we'll see. I mean, maybe this falls flat on its face, and mm -hmm. maybe ACOs don't take advantage of this because of that. Uh, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think it's, I think it's cool that it's in the rule, and uh, at least it's an option. So, Ryan, I know the, the new rule also uh, includes some, some more flexibility for providers as far as uh, assignment. Um, could you speak to that a little bit? Sure. Uh, well, I mean, there's, 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 three, there's three kind of critical pieces that uh, AC, or CMS highlights in terms of regulatory flexibility. Um, the first is the, abi the ability to pick an assignment methodology. Um, used to be a static methodology set by CMS now. Um, depending on where you're at in the glide path, you can pick on different, you can pick from different assignment methodologies. Um, the next is, is they're greatly expanding the use of telehealth services for certain ACOs. Um, even telehealth in the physician's home sometimes, or the, not the, the patient's home. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and then finally, they are, uh, they're keeping up with the three-day SNF waiver, skilled nursing facility waiver, and they're going to expand the use of that as well, uh, specifically to, to hospitals like critical access hospitals that weren't typically allowed to take advantage of the three-day uh, waiver. So um, it just, it's just it's increasing flexibility as the as – CMS is learning as the obviously the MSSP program has evolved. Um, CMS is learning and implementing some of those things that uh, they've heard ACOs in the past beat down their door on. We need more flexibility in these types of areas. So um, it's good. To, it's good to hear. It's good to see CMS reacting to that. So I guess yeah. As we as we wrap up here, Ryan, I'm I'm thinking you know we want to talk to our listeners a little bit about implementation, about you know when this final rule is actually going to start having an effect on them. Yeah, well, um, good, to, good thing you asked, Joe, because the final rule has already – I mean, we've already blown oh. through a deadline. Um, <laughs> I think January 18th was the deadline to submit your notice of, an in, notice of an intent to apply to the program. Um, so folks who have – ACOs who did not want to continue participating or wanted to participate come July 1st needed to submit that notice um, – as of January 18th, I think, uh, we're now into the, the actual application phase. Um, that application currently is due the middle of February, I believe. Um, so it's not, not long. Mm -hmm. ACOs do not have a ton of time to get their um, application together to submit, uh, to meet the deadline for application mm -hmm. submissions. Um, the probably not a big deal for ACOs that are currently existing and have existed and have participated in the MSSP, um, those applications probably, is, is, I mean, they're going to look the same. Most of the stuff is probably already developed by the ACO. Where this is going to cause a huge hardship is for ACOs that want to participate for the first time in the new enhanced uh, or the new tracks, the new glide, uh, the glide path. Um, some in the industry believe it's almost impossible for those ACOs to get their stuff together mm -hmm. before middle of February. And actually, uh, I just something came out from uh, NACOS, which is the national um, kind of trade group for ACOs, urging CMS to kind of kick that date down the road a little bit to give more time for those ACOs. So we'll see. Um, 
it's likely that CMS is probably going to do that. It's going to recognize the kind of the regulatory burden and the hardship that the that the schedule and, and dates are playing on certain folks. So I would, in the coming weeks, I would expect that application date to be kicked a little bit. It's not going to it's not going to be kicked long because the the applicant or the the first performance period is going to start July first. Mm. Um, and in, in fact, for ACOs that are starting July first in the new program. What's going to happen is that that first agreement period will be five years and six months. So you'll have essentially a stub participation period from July 1st of this year to December 31st of this year, uh, a six-month agreement period, if you would, uh, not agreement period, performance period, mm -hmm. and then you'll go into the calendar years. So essentially that makes it a agreement period of five years plus six months. Mm -hmm. So anyways, the the the, talk, the clock is certainly ticking and yeah. uh, getting the act together, get the applications in and getting rolling. Uh, and we'll we'll see how CMS reacts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I know in this podcast we've thrown a lot at you. It's a big rule, a lot of you know a lot of things to know. So you know if you have more questions, definitely give Ryan a call. Um, he's very knowledgeable and, and knows a lot about the rule. Um, so you know, thank you so much for listening to this uh, edition of the Browse Dell Healthcare Checkup Podcast. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us hey, today. Joe, thanks a lot for having me. It's been fun. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. Learned a lot. Um, hope you did too.